0: very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are now oh. as players we got to execute. Every day I'm so
1: fortunate to be a part of this team.
0: This is 49ers Plus Minus. Hey it's Tim Calacami here for 49ers Plus Minus. We're recording this on Tuesday morning and who would I be sitting here with or not sitting here, zooming here with my co-host, Matt Barrows from The Athletic. Barrows, how are you doing today? What, what What's on your mind? It feels like I'm sitting next to you, sitting
1: yes. right across from you. Actually, too close. I, I would uh, back up. Back up.
0: Yeah. My face is too big on the screen, goddammit. Yeah, sit I'm next working to on my, uh,
1: my mailbag here in San Jose, and I've got some good questions this week. A lot of Brock Purdy stuff. People already kind of looking ahead to... Oh, you know what's going to cost to sign this guy? Oh no! Extension? Oh no! Uh, you know, for uh, fans, I, I've ne- I've always been astounded by how little they pay attention to the present yep. and the past. I mean, the past is like that—that—that that, that barely considered. It's all about what happens next. What's happening down mm-hmm. the line? Nobody's enjoying this remarkable season. Everybody's already. Spreading about, oh, how are we gonna afford all these uh <laughs> these fabulous players in 2025?
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. Well I used love it. like, oh my god, if they win a Super Bowl, oh no. It's like you exactly, know what? The yeah. Super Bowl is kind of the point. That is the point of this. It wasn't it isn't about cap management in three years. I don't think Eddie well, they didn't have a cap. I don't think Eddie DeBarlow was going, you know what, the Super Bowl that we won in Detroit's all great and no, all, but oh my god, all the money that we're gonna to have to pay. No, you you try to win the Super Bowl. Well, I just want to make Purdy is we're seeing it. I mean, the discourse is what it is, and sometimes we try not to go heavy on it, but the guy's throwing the ball deep. I mean, he didn't against Philadelphia, but that wasn't a game for that. The pass rush wasn't something that was not going to allow it. They They built in a short to medium passing, and he, he did just fine, obviously. Against Seattle, he was kind of holding the ball against a team that does not really, is not a defense you think about throwing deep on, but he was kind of like letting... The middle range passes go and waiting for it to develop deep and bypassing these checkdowns. And I think you you know we sit next to each other for these home games. And how many times was like there's McCaffrey right there. Like there's McCaffrey right there, yeah. and Ho- Purdy's holding on the ball because he's waiting for IU or Debo or even Kittle. Um, do is this guy in your mind like a, a guy who like wants to go deep? Do you feel like he's a he's kind of like hey I want to hit the deep ball if I possibly can? I mean
1: he's um, he's. Kyle Shanahan on the field and Kyle Shanahan is going to go for your throat whenever he gets the opportunity. And so um, Brock Purdy is translating that. Um, and he said on KNBR today, this morning that he's usually, you know, for, for most of his career, he's been an intermediate passer, which is what Jimmy Garoppolo was. That was his bread and butter at uh, Iowa state. And certainly last year with the 49ers, I, I just think it's the, the next step in his evolution Um, he was so quick out of the gate last year we're seeing a a year into Brock Purdy now Um, and he's seeing these plays open up before anyone else does I mean how many times has uh, have we talked to Shanahan after a game where his reaction on the sideline is oh why is he going uh, in that direction Debo Samuel after this last one was I didn't think he was going to throw to me. And then when I looked back and I saw him winding up, (laughs) I knew I had to get on my horse and and start uh, really running to catch up with the ball. So my point is that uh, Purdy sees these plays developing um, very quickly. He did last year, but it's even quicker this year, and it's more um, potent this year. Uh, He's going for the jugular more this year, and uh, that's what we saw on sunday
0: i think we're even seeing it from shanahan's post-game responses remember the seattle game asking about the IU touchdown obviously an incredible yeah. throw and shanahan's like you know what when you go back over the film he never when even when he's short throwing it short he's not giving up the long one like if there's a long one he's taking it he doesn't go over the film and see a long one that purdy missed that's really interesting and uh, it was noted at the time and then Sunday, he's like, yeah, my favorite pass was the one he actually did check down on, the short one to Debo, and Debo takes it for like a 21-yard gain. It's like, it's the push and pull where Shanahan's, like, he doesn't want someone just to throw the program six-yard pass. That's not Kyle. Like, take it if it's there, that's the best thing. But man, I, he likes it when guys risk it a little bit. He does not mind going a little outside of the system. It's built for that. That's why you run it so well, right? I mean, Shanahan wouldn't say it that way. Like, I'm not just running it to set up the deep ball. But he partly is. Let's run it. Let's run it. Let's run it. And that's going to get those safeties creeping up, especially if it's Jamal Adams, right? Especially if it's him. And they are going to go right over the top of him, as they did with Depot. But some of those, like the one where he's like, I just tweeted about it because Michael Sean Duggar, the the, um, the Seahawks beat rider for the Athletic tweeted out like, uh, you know, he's like, kind of just bouncing to his left, kind of just holding. And it really isn't the play. And that's when he threw it deep downfield to Iuk over the top left side. Yeah. Uh, like, and that's the other thing. He's pretty good throwing to his left, too. There are, I mean, we could say Colin Kaepernick was not great throwing to his left. There are very good quarterbacks who do not really throw well to his left. This guy throws to his left. And I think Russell Wilson is the other guy I think of, like, who was really good throwing right and left. This is pretty good stuff. Like, and you can throw it deep to your left, accurately. MVP Barrows, do you, you have to put that in the conversation? Well, he is before, the leader. before we
1: get off that IU play, I want to note that your guy, uh, Chris Conley, was lined up in the slot on that play. And Conley... You know, Conley was a guy who ran a 4-3, I want to say 4-3-7, you know, very elite speed coming out of the draft. That was 10 years ago. Uh, But uh, they just bumped him up to the active roster. So he's on the 53 now. He lined up in the slot on that play and he goes deep and they have to respect that. And so that's why it it was a nice play design, is my point, is that Conley uh, out of the slot, goes down the middle deep, takes the safety with him. So when Purdy sees Ayuk, he knows there's no safety back there. And he can just let it go. So um, obviously there's a nice uh, symbiotic uh, relationship between play designer and uh, the guy who's carrying it out. But uh, I thought that was uh, that was a kind of a a special play where even the guys who are running decoy uh, are very uh, instrumental to it uh, being what was it a a forty forty eight forty five uh, one of those uh, one of those big gainers on Sunday. My guy
0: Chris Conley, glad you mentioned him. I do like I did like him in camp. Uh, Tim yeah. has <laughs> been uh, singing
1: the praises of Chris Conley since early August. Don't early understand season. why he's
0: not the number one. No, uh, I just think he's a solid. Like Ayuk's a receiver, receiver, right? That's what he's a receiver, you know, flanker, or whatever they call it. I guess he would be this flanker or the split end. I don't even know that that the the. The on the line outside receiver who's going to do the tough stuff and can get open deep. I don't know that Conley's great at it, but I just he's their only other IUK because it's not the other guys are a little smaller, right? They're a little more, you know, Ray Ray McCloud or Danny Gray if he ever plays. Debo certainly, they all have talent. Debo is a massive talent, but like just that other wideout, just go be yeah. a wideout. And Jennings <laughs> is like a blocking wideout. He's not like a just go get the ball and run that slant pattern.
1: Yeah, and I think it just shows that Conley still has speed too. I mean, they they wouldn't be having him run that play. He might not be a four three seven guy anymore, but he, you know he's out there on on kick off, kickoff and kick return now. I mean, they they had a, a sea change on their yeah. uh, special teams units, and and we were watching Conley. He's the first guy down the field. He's, fast. So he's I, like, fast. I I wonder whether he's still you know a four four maybe even sub four four guy. I'll, I'll ask him that. Uh, of course, they always say that.
0: Yeah, he's not. <laughs> I know you gotta. Uh, you gotta ask somebody. About four or five now, maybe four, or six. Sometimes I'm a little slow. Now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Do you think Purdy's arm is demonstrably stronger now? Do you see the ball going faster? Demonstrably, um, no, not demonstrably. I mean, I, I, I think it's,
1: uh, you know, he said today on KNBR that he thought it was a little stronger than it was last year. Now, does that come with? Maturation or is that due to the surgery? I don't know. But um he it could obviously be to the
0: to the buildup, right? He had to work on it so much after the surgery. You know, that could be part sure,
1: of it. Sure, for sure. And and he's somebody I, I did uh something with his throwing coach, um uh, uh Will Hewlett. And uh Hewlett was shocked that he was able to put something like five miles per hour on his throw. And this is coming out of Iowa State getting ready for the draft. Uh, just kind of by adjusting the way that he throws. Um, He's a guy that needs to have his cleats planted in the ground so that he can translate all the strength in his legs and his hips into the throws. And So I think that, probably more than anything, him getting used to throwing uh, a different style than he did at Iowa State, that's why nobody would touch him, is because um, he he wasn't a, a hard thrower at Iowa State. He adjusted that, like I said, started uh using his hips more than his thighs. It's all technical, but I think you can you can see it um on the field. And and that probably more than anything else accounts for more zip and, and maybe more confidence in his long balls.
0: Yeah, I just think it's it's also like when he's in trouble, he does I mean he doesn't have that arm like just an Herbert, like just arm throw. I can just get it out like Rothhrusberger used to do. But that's rare, rare, rare even when he's in traffic, he's getting the ability to kind of set quick set and and, and throw like Brady was that kind of quarterback. I think a few others, uh, um, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Exactly. Like this, be able to footwork. It's just going to be within a small space within pressure, just kind of like reset boom and, and get the ball where it needs to be. Uh, not a bazooka, but certainly not, you know, not a pop gun. Like there's, there's some juice behind it. There's some RPMs on, on, on that ball. Um, and I, yeah, I just, you can you just feel in the locker room, right? They, they got their guy, they got a guy, they got like, not just a guy, they think they've got a star quarterback. And even through the bad little slump, the fact that he came out of it like this, and the fact that slump wasn't that bad, um, they are just like, this is, this is a star quarterback they've got. And I think I just, like when I hear whatever the scores, I don't want to comment too much about it, but. It's like, do you guys even hear what these players are saying? And this is not what they normally say about a, just a, any other quarterback. They all love Jimmy, but they didn't say, oh my God, those throws. They did not say that. They love playing with him, but they didn't say what they're saying with Brock. That locker room is like, that's this is the guy. This is like a top five guy, certainly in the minds of that locker room.
1: But did you uh read Marcus the other day? Yeah. Um and and he made sort he played devil's advocate yeah. sort of uh as far as the MVP vote and why purdy might not get it and i thought his point is well taken um the the essential point and everybody should read marcus's column was that purdy's a, a, the new kid on the block mm-hmm. uh and you've got uh, a guy who's been on the block and who's been up and down and who's taking a lot of hits Dak prescott uh who's doing very well with the cowboys too and it usually goes to that guy the more established guy um he was a, a storyline in the off season how's he going to react um, How is he going to be? So I, I I tend to agree with him. Um, sometimes these votes are uh, an accumulation of uh, of seasons and, and storylines and, and things like that and themes. Uh, so but I mean, it, it's also hard, I think, for us to make a real judgment on it. I mean, we we study Purdy and we study the 49ers so acutely it's not bias it's just we just have more information about one guy than the other so we did see the other guy we we
0: saw the other guy one time by
1: the way we saw the other guy one time and maybe in a you know in a national game uh recently so um you know you and I always get asked on on the radio hey what do you think about Brock Purdy's MVP chances Mm -hmm. and I you know I mumble something but um I'm I'm not the guy to ask you have to ask the national people who have a bird's-eye view of it all. And I would imagine that Dak Prescott plus Cowboys
0: plus his history in the league gives him the advantage. And maybe recency and whatever, yeah. Um, but I will say, I threw this out on Twitter earlier this morning, got some response, didn't realize. I just looked at it. Brock Purdy leading the NFL, 116.9 password rating, which is really good. This is where it's been a little, I think it's kind of creeping higher every week, but it's been up there for a while, leading the league. Prescott is right behind him, is two. If this was his season passer rating, this is how he ends it, 116.9. And it might go higher, but if this is how he ends it, it would be the 49ers' highest passer rating in franchise history. Higher than Montana was like a 112.8. Higher than Steve Young's highest, which is like a 112.9. Whatever, it's right in there. Okay, understand. He's not those guys. But the stats he's putting up is – are something to really like start to look at and understand in the big picture 70 percent completion rate almost 10 yards per attempt uh what is it like a 24 to 7 t- touchdown interception ratio something like that could end up with over 30 touchdowns like this is this is a remarkable season even if he was in the middle of his career even if he was in a, you know you know 31 years old. This is a remarkable season. I think Aaron Rodgers has only had two seasons higher than this. If this is how it ends for, you know, this number is where Purdy ends up at. Um, Patrick Mahomes has never had a season, a full season at this at this number. This is remarkable stuff. I just think people should understand the context of it. This is happening before our eyes. And like you said, don't worry so much about his contract in 2025. This is happening right. Now. He's really good right now. Now, he is going to get better. All these understood cuz we're seeing him get better, but this is something to really absorb right now that this is one of the great quarterback seasons in the history of the 49ers franchise. And which has not been short uh, had a shortage of great 49ers yes. quarterback seasons. Uh, and you know, better than anything Garcia. It's not even compared. Better than anything Garcia has done. Better than Kaepernick. Better than Alex Smith. Better than whoever else you want to throw out. It's not even close at this point. And I can't see going up against the Cardinals, one of the worst defenses. Going up against some of the other and Ravens, we'll see. Um, going against Washington, bad. Like this is probably not going to get a lot worse for him. It might even get better. So, uh, just put that in a capsule and say, this is special what we're it's not a mirage this is something now he's done for you know what was it five five or six regular season games last season into the playoffs through these you know 10 and 3 13 games this season this is more than enough sample size for me at least more than enough that i don't know what the low the low side is but it's pretty high and then the high side's only getting higher every week um I, is there any question in your mind about about him in your mind? Like, if he goes through a couple slump, would you just go, eh, I'm not so sure about him, or are you convinced about this guy?
1: Uh, no, I mean, he's already, I mean, I, I, I think that the one um, outstanding thing that we haven't seen yet is if they are down by 14 points and those linebackers are packed, you know, are Back, uh, way back from the line of scrimmage and prepared for um, you know, the passing game. How does he do? Um, he hasn't shown that yet. Again, it's only been a year. He hasn't been in every scenario to kind of prove that yet. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, the, the 70% number completion rate, seven games in a row at 70 or higher, uh, that usually comes with a little checkdown guy, you know, a guy who's thrown lots of swing passes to the running back. Uh, Matt Schaub, uh, Kyle Shanahan era, Arian Foster type of offense. Um, but you're pairing 70 percent, huge number with almost 10 yards per attempt. Um, so it's that juxtaposition that I think is really special. Um and again, it goes back to the play design. It goes back to a play caller and a quarterback who are totally in sync and it goes back to a guy with the brain who's seeing things opening up um before they're they're really even happening, which uh, I think is what makes him elite. um I think it would be a great story if he gets it uh david Lombardi our our colleague has has pointed out that um his numbers are very similar in a lot of ways to Kurt Warner's back mm-hmm. no. A uh, quarter century ago in those yeah. greatest sh- show on turf teams and and Warner had the same sort of humble beginnings um, uh, as uh, as Purdy does. So this idea that, you know, the, the stigma of being the Mr. Irrelevant is attached to him and it's going to take him a while to get it off. Well, that didn't really happen with Kurt Warner, a grocery boy. Uh, who becomes a quarterback. <laughs> so there is precedent for the guy who's just sort of comes out of the blue and wins MVP because he's part he runs a uh very very special offense.
0: Do they even have grocery boys anymore? Barrs like it's all automated now. I don't <laughs> Well know.
1: no, they want us to do all the work at the uh the self checkout. Yeah, I mean, I was at like am my own grocery boy. There's like uh maybe 200 people at Target and there's one um cashier working and they want everybody else to go to the self-checkout line
0: gotta do it i mean this is this is a new world barrels ain't the old world you know don't, don't get used to your old <laughs> fancy little i don't even know what, what you'd be doing but uh this is this is automated this is digital now um all right the defensive injuries are certainly piling up i mean yeah. maybe it's a good time for them right because you got arizona i don't know if you're gonna need everybody out there for arizona but Armstead out last game probably gonna miss another one uh, Javarius Ward, I don't know what his status is going to be uh, with his leg issue. What, what was it? Leg issue? Yeah, leg issue. Groin. Groin issue. Uh, that take, took him out of last game. Uh, I would imagine they would play that very safe, as, as safe as possible. Hofanga's already out for the season. Greenlaw's been kind of nicked up the last few games. Uh, we've got, who else? Hargrave went out with a, with a hamstring. How are they holding up? Are, I mean, are they reaching a critical mass here, you think, defensively? Uh, do they have is this the extent of their depth? Do they have anything else? Where are they health wise on defense?
1: Yeah, no, this is it. I I think on Wednesday when we get the uh, injury report, there's going to be more names on it uh, than at any point during the season, uh, which is not what you want in in mid December. the 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 flip side of that is that none of these guys is is long term. Um, I think Shanahan said that Oren Burks had a uh, Tendonitis flare up, and that might be a couple of weeks for him. Not uh, an every down starter, and they do have uh, a couple of guys who can who can fill in there. So that that's sort of the question to me is that do you put Charvarius Ward, uh, uh, Javon Hargrave in this game against the Cardinals um, if they're not quite hundred percent, or if there's a risk that you know they do more damage and it does seep into January and, and possible playoffs. Um, they, I don't think that they would do that. But uh, you got James Conner. You've got uh, Tyler Murray. Um, there is a rushing element to the Cardinals that if they see two defensive tackles who are going to be out, I, I I know what their game plan is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that will mean that, uh, you know, Javon Kinlaw and Kevin Gibbons and Clea Davis are going to have to step up. They probably have to bring up T.Y. McGill, uh, a guy from their... Um, practice squad who who was good uh last year and sort of Johnny on the spot situation. So uh they, they do have um numbers um in in a way I feel like um you know that 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 might be helpful for this team to have to kind of summon um some some backups there would be an urgency to it instead of oh we're going to Arizona to play a really bad Cardinals team we've got the number one seed there could be a complacency factor that sets in that sort of an injury game where boy these these young pups got to step up would add an element of like I said urgency to uh the contest
0: you you highlighted Jair Brown's play in your uh, minutiae you're yeah. widely read much Harold Fournier's minutia minute. You went I mean I I saw him a few times I was just watching live. I he certainly didn't look like he was making any mistakes. Do you think he just just played well flat out, not even just well for a guy he popped in the lineup? Do you think he he played a strong safety game? Yeah, a strong safety game is a great way to put it. Um
1: he was down there you know, there was a a deep ball uh against um Charvarius Ward's man—that may have been the play that Ward got hurt on. He came out after the next play, but um, you know Brown was right there for that, and he was right there for the one that he intercepted, and he was right there for the one that Fred Warner intercepted. To your point that you make during games, he's fast, yeah, um, and he's probably faster than Hufanga, and he's in the right spot, and that's what you—that's that's you know uh, point A for any safety. You want him to be there. Um, he comes in a little bit too hot sometimes and he missed a couple of tackles against the Eagles early on. It led to led to big plays. That's a that's a Steve Wilkes thing. He wants to eliminate explosives. And since Jair Brown has been in, teams have gotten explosives against him. Um, I think it's been over-eagerness, but it's better than being too hesitant um or, you know, just an inability, doesn't have the athleticism to to make a play. He's been a little bit too ahead of the game sometimes, um, and and I think he'll just kind of slow down with time. And I felt like this last game against the Seahawks was the game where he was in control more than he's been. Um, he was a little hyper diaper the first few games <laughs> that he was in there.
0: Hyper diaper, diaper. <laughs> that's a new one. I didn't know where you're going with that. Uh, I just what I just noticed was like 27s around the ball. Like that's one 27. Uh, you know, Fonga was a guy who was around the ball. You want a safe, you know, Gibson's not really going to be that guy unless it's like a fair catch interception that we saw a couple times last season. You, you want someone who, when the quarterback's getting pressure, the ball's coming off a little weird. Who's going to be around now. Sometimes, uh, Fred Warner is going to be taking that ball from him, but that was a wise decision by Gio. Brown. uh, Fred's kind of leader here. If 54 is flashing to the ball, I'm going to kind of let him go get the ball. Uh, very smart, very wise, uh, defend, young defense, young defensive play. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a guy, and you know, Lenore is another one. I mean, I, just, I thought Lenore was everywhere on Sunday. I really, I'm not just like we've seen growth from him. Maybe that's the Steve Wilkes thing, maybe it's you know, it's the other coaches, but like Lenore's turned into a very solid cornerback. I wasn't sure, I thought he'd be an okay third corner, I didn't know beyond that. He's just a guy, like he's their number two. Like Ward goes out, Lenore goes in the Ward spot on the left side. Like some guys can't do that very well. Lenore just looks like he's tough, looks like he's got ball skills, like Ambry Thomas ball skills. I'm not so sure. Uh, Diomino, Lenore is like turning to the ball, getting picks or some picks that are being negated by offsides. But the guy just is like a fighter cornerback. And that's like a perfect number two because you've got War, kind of the big rangy, I'll run with the big guys kind of guy, and Lenore's kind of the tough fighter who is going to get in your face a little bit. Um, maybe that's Steve Wilkes, right? These guys are improving as we're watching them, you know, on the field of play when they're absolutely needed. And I think that says good things about who you know whoever else they might have to throw in there if anyone else gets hurt. Like they're going to be coached up on this team.
1: Yeah, you stole my. Uh, Tim and I w- were talked about uh, highlighting a guy for the upcoming game against the uh, the Cardinals, and um, you just stole my guy. I was gonna I was gonna talk about Lenore. Go because, go go! Um, I d- I did think that he had you know both Brown and Lenore had their best games of the season against the Seahawks, and I know that Lenore got ejected and he shouldn't have thrown a punch and this that and the other. That was you know, the, the the outcome was decided at that point. It, it was a very strong game for him. Um, and remember just a year ago at this time, we were just starting to see Lenore in the starting lineup. And there was, you know, one mistake after another, you know, allowing deep balls, committing uh, pass interference penalties. He was a huge question mark going into the playoffs that year. Then ultimately ended up getting a, a couple of picks and really um, started to gain in confidence. But it's been even more so this season to the point where you you look at him um, and don't even kind of question that he's in there anymore. He is the starter. And uh, I really think that the 49ers see him as their nickel for the future because of all the things that you just mentioned, just how tough he is. Um, he's hard to phase, has no conscience, um, good tackler, all of that stuff. I think that they see a, uh, a bigger version of Kwan Williams in him, uh, someone who's going to be able to be a little bit more durable than than Williams was for this team. Uh, they they see a guy who's going to be their nickel for you know the the foreseeable future. And so then the question becomes, all right, who's the other outside guy? And um, that's why that's when you start looking at Ambry Thomas's development. He's the guy that Wilkes really has sort of uh, tried to take under his wing and and, and tried to help grow. Um, Darrell Luter, a fifth mm. round pick this year, I think that's a guy that they're really excited about for next season they brought in Jason Verrett on the practice squad, I think if there are more issues, if you know Ward yeah, something happened to him where he was out for a while you, you might see Jason Verrett come back in, a veteran presence, a guy that they trust um, You know how long will he last, I don't know but uh, it's that other outside spot that is sort of the uh, the question mark moving forward.
0: I'm going to throw a name out, fans will not love to hear it. What about Isaiah Oliver as is a outside? I don't think he was a great nickel. The feet weren't fast enough. Could he just give you, you know, a quarter of decent reps as an outside cornerback? I, I don't think that's out of the question.
1: No, he's done it in the past. That's yeah. what Atlanta drafted him fairly highly to do, but he ultimately was not a success there, and that's why they moved him inside. He's basically been there backup safety yep. uh, the last couple of games. I don't I don't know if that's going to continue with, with Logan Ryan on the team, but um you know, he uh he basically played free safety for the first time early in the Eagles game when I don't I, I still don't even know why uh, why Gibson left for three plays, but I mean that was sort of oh, wait a minute, uh, <laughs> very <laughs> easy to forget that, but that could have been critical yep. to have a guy who's never played safety playing against the Eagles in that game for it would have been Every play but the first play had uh, Gibson left the game for good. Uh, but uh, I, I wonder whether that's his position of the future, uh, Isaiah Oliver, because obviously the 49ers don't want him at, at nickel cornerback if they have uh, a choice between him and, and Lenore. All right. Do you have a question for me,
0: Barrow, since you have one for me? I here. do,
1: and, and it's it's from my mailbag, and uh, I, th- I thought it was a good one. Um, and Shanahan sort of danced around and had fun with it, but – He's noted a couple of times that uh, Sunday was the first fake punt that has ever been done under his watch. And so the question is, what is it about Shanahan that makes uh, fake punts so anathema to him?
0: uh, Speaking in the Kyle mind, which I do love to do, as you know. And I know some some people. There's supposition here. I I do know some people who who joke about it themselves. Uh, People around the 49ers, people who know Kyle is... He doesn't care that much about special teams. Like he doesn't want, I mean, he understands the value of them, but what he doesn't want is a risky special teams play that screws his offense up and also his defense. We, we know he values defense. He's not an offense coordinator. He doesn't give a damn where the ball ends up, right? He, he doesn't want to put his defense in a bad position either. You blow a fake punt instead of having it 45 yards down the field. You're you know which with a 35, wherever the hell they were on that play. And then your defense has a short field and you're screwing up the rhythm of what he's built. He and his defense and his offense have built together. He doesn't want to he just wants to beat just straight up. If he gets a great return, if his kicker is great, that's all you know understood. That's part of special teams. I'm not saying he's he thinks special teams are valueless. What he doesn't want is the fuck up. He doesn't want the thing that screws up a game. Now we saw we've seen the special teams screw up games, right? Seattle game when what was it three years ago when it was some of the worst stuff I've ever seen? Giving up a fake punt when, when the guy wasn't covered and uh, we, we were two fake punts in that game, I think. Or it was, was some ridiculous two big plays, yeah. yeah. Uh, and changed core special teams coordinators since then. Brian Schneider is a special teams coordinator now. I just don't think he doesn't like in you know, onside kicks. He just doesn't. That's not what he does. It's. I think he just thinks it's messing around with something that he thinks he can have control of, which is running the offense and a good defense. And you start injecting this other stuff. Then you're kind of kind of trick it. You're kind of flirting with NFL karma, I think. And he doesn't want to risk it. Now, if it's open and I don't think he was upset that Wisnowski made the goal. Because no. it, it was there, right? He kind of likes the guts to do it. He just doesn't want to set it up and then have it blow up. And I, I've heard this from more. I, I might try to talk to him about this. I am curious, like since I'm just assuming it. Um, but he's joking about it and he's never called a fake pun. He's never called, I think an onside kick, at least, you know, not in a surprise, maybe when they were trailing, they tried it, but it's just not what they do. Fake field goal. They don't do that stuff. I just think the Kyle Shanahan world is we beat you with what we do, which is our offense on the line of scrimmage against your defense and our defense on the line of scrimmage against your offense. And to do anything else screws up, our, our feeling of how this game should be run. Now, you know, they're down some other time maybe, but why, why not just line up and have your offense try to get to fourth and five? Why try to trick them and maybe totally blow it and you give the defense, you know, if Seattle gets the ball there, the 35, I'm not saying the game totally changes, but it might. And I just think that's not who he is. It's not how he thinks about football. Maybe it puts the special teams in a little bit of a, bracket right you can't do this so now defenses know you're not going to do it well maybe they know it now right <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's the thing i don't think kyle minds it on film you know they play the ravens on christmas and they're gonna have to wait a minute we can't go hog wild on this punt here we can't totally set up the return we got to make sure Wishnowski who can run a little bit um doesn't get around the corner and beat us i don't think kyle will ever call it though It's just not in his nature um he he just we know he wants to run his system his style his thing his his idea of what the way the game looks, and that does not include getting ultra risky with with fake punts. It just doesn't, you know. And uh, maybe he'll fool us into the future, but I think and he's aware of it as anybody that we know that he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't care. It's just not who he is.
1: No, I agree with that hundred uh, percent. It's a little gimmicky, and it kind of you know uh, shows that you don't have full faith in your offense and your yep. defense. Yep. Um, he, you know, he's also a head coach who is the offensive coordinator. I mean, his inbox is is full. He doesn't want to be uh, on the field thinking about calling, you know, the fake punts and things like that. Uh, he's He wants the, the special teams to do what it's supposed to do and then let the offense take over, defense take over.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was he. That's why I love Robbie Gould. Just I sent him out there when we cross the get close to the thirty, he kicks a field goal. I don't well, want that, that. Was
1: going to be my sort of rejoinder to what yeah. you were saying. It that that doesn't quite follow why the team would bring in a rookie kicker <laughs> to replace a really trusted veteran um, well, who doesn't miss in yeah. the playoffs.
0: I think there were some other issues with that one. I mean, the the, the trusted veteran was was aging. It wasn't going to last forever, was going to cost him a ton of money for some diminished returns, was not kicking off anymore. And I don't think they love Wisnowski kicking off. And I, I no, they would. definitely yeah, didn't. And happen. Wisnowski's not great at it. And so I think they sold it to him as, in fact, I know, they sold it to him as, we're just going to give you this guy and you're not going to have to worry about it. Like this is, if we use this high of a pick on this guy, it'll be like having Robbie Gould. Little, you know, younger guy, bigger leg, might not be as, as accurate. Who's ever going to be as accurate as Robbie Gould, but he's younger. We can project him for the next 10 years. You don't have to worry about it. Like you are going to have this kicker. If we use, you know, if we drafted a guy in a sixth round, we might not be able to say that. We drafted a guy in a third. We're telling you, Kyle, like we are literally telling you, this is the answer to you not have to worry. It almost was worry about it right now with the pick. And you don't have to worry about it anymore. And that's what sold Kyle on it. Uh, And it obviously, it got a little... Chancy there in the off, in the preseason and during this season, and they really haven't had any pressure kicks. We shall see how that works. But that's how, when you say, well, wait a minute, this guy doesn't care about special teams, and then they drafted a kicker in the third round, that's how they did it. They, John Lynch or whoever else, and it was partly John, just said, if we do this here, our guys believe that you don't have to worry about kicker for 10 more years. And that's how Kyle bought in on it. You know, you think Kyle wouldn't want to draft a tackle there or a tight end? Like he would have. Another running back since he does so well. the <laughs> Third round running backs. They're just so dialed in on that one. No, he, you know, like this was like, we do this. We're not going to have to worry about this position because Kyle does not want to worry about that position. Right. That's, right. How, that's how That's it was explained. Now, then you put Debo as a returner. That's an interesting situation. Like, did you really need to keep sending like one time a game? I could see it to just kind of. Send a jolt through everybody, but send him back there five times or however many it was. But I think that's also like, hey, Debo could get a touchdown. Like, this could change. This could tilt the field. He's not going to fumble. I do think Kyle really worries about fumbling, really worries. Some guys who he worries about fumbling don't get back in. I do believe um, they were always going to want McCaffrey, but really, really want him. When uh, it was a Wilson fumbled against Atlanta in the in return for a touchdown, they lose that game and they trade for McCaffrey on that Thursday. It's just like, there, there are certain things that Kyle cannot tolerate. And I don't think he believes Debo is going to fumble a return the kick. If he thinks anybody's going to re- fumble. Although Ray Ray has had some experience fumbling the yeah. ball though. That's all, I mean, it's, it's always degrees. It's always like percentage of this percentage of that. And like it, it's just a unique relationship with a cut. You, as you point out, well, that the, he's the offensive coordinator. Too. He just wants to get his offensive position. Don't mess it up. Don't screw around with the defense. Let's see if we can win on special teams, but we're not going to push it. We're not going to go crazy. It's far better to have an 80% chance of having a neutral special teams day than risk having a negative special teams day and that screws up everything else you're trying to do and it is very very intricately planned playbook yeah. I mean it's just this is the way he set it up
1: Well he's done a good job of keeping uh Jake Moody out of the equation I yep. mean uh he hasn't attempted a field goal I think he had one in the uh, Seattle game in uh in Seattle on Thanksgiving but none in the last two and I think there have been four where he hasn't been needed uh, in field goals. Yeah, there so. wasn't a
0: time like where they gave up on a kick, right? They didn't like get no. to the thirty-two. Eh, no, they've been what? just yeah. they've been scoring TDs. <laughs> yeah, they just go boom, 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 boom. Go kick the extra point. Those extra yeah. points look good, Barrows. They look really good. He has he not, has missed,
1: not missed an extra point, which you know in this day and age is is uh, if you can go a full season, I think there might end up being you know. Maybe six to ten uh, kickers who accomplish that, and and Moody is is on his way to doing that. So he gets a lot um, of chances
0: at it. That's he gets a lot. of that's chances. That's true.
1: That's true. And uh, let's see. Does the well Washington might be a yeah. uh, a bad weather game Slippery on Slippery. New Year's Eve. So we'll see. And, and if it's swampy in uh, FedEx Field like it was uh, in 2019, that could be uh, that could be interesting.
0: A lot of splashing around. Okay, let's end this by just saying, what do you think they're going to win out and get? Get the number one seed barrels you think that's likely
1: i i do i think um you know they're they're determined to do that i mean this is their goal go 4-0 right now get the number one seed watch the first round uh from from your sofa um you know i go back to 2019 it was a little bit more helter skelter that year and they had some big games you know the it's one the in no. the one in uh, baltimore the one in new orleans They had one in Seattle. They had a big game against the Rams at home. Then they end up dropping the one to the Falcons. I mean, their easiest game on that schedule. So that was a talented team. They had momentum, um, and they still dropped one that they should have have won. Every team does that. Um, I think that this team is better uh, than that team. And um, it's like I said, it's not quite as... Helter Skelter. It seemed to be in more control. the The injuries could, um, you know, kind of create some of that chanciness. Um, This game, this game's a, an interesting one. I mean, this would be the one if you're gonna kind of uh, lose your concentration a little bit. Uh, Cardinals week might be uh, might be the candidate.
0: Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray, screw him. We shall see. I th- and I think the Ravens game is the one. Obviously, you look at as being the hardest. I think the Ravens defense isn't as good as it we've seen and at, at Levi's, not in Baltimore, yeah. on Christmas, a night game. I just don't They're see the 49ers. be Fort- focused th- for that. Yeah, I don't see the ers blowing that one. I just think, you know, Lamar, again, could do some magical things. We know that. But, God, you know what? When we, we talk about the 49ers for quarterback that other teams are going, oh, my God, Brock Purdy might do. Like, this is a big deal. When you've got a quarterback, other teams, the great quarterbacks, are going, whoa, we got, we got to deal with their guy. Uh, That was not, you know, I defended Garoppolo a lot over the years, and I think he's way better than a lot of 49ers think he was, gets credit in that locker room. But you didn't go in a a, a matchup against a top quarterback and go, "Okay, they got to deal with our guy, too. Like the 49ers did not do that. They were playing around it. And now they got a guy that other teams have to go, we got to watch out for this, this and this.
1: Tim, we, we never had a, a podcast where we argued that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo should be MVP of the league.
0: We should go back in time and make sure someone said that. <laughs> Jimmy G should be. He was very valuable. I, I mean, I bang him sometimes because it didn't end well, and he was limited, but he won a lot of games for them. I never want to you know bypass that, and sometimes uh, I might hear from his agent about stuff like that. So, you know, you, you, you never want to discount a guy who wins games that was very popular but Brock Purdy is just so much better than him. It's not even close. It's really not even close. So, on that, Barrows, anything else? No, that's it. We should uh, maybe uh, Sunday night. Sunday, if by popular acclaim, we probably will do a plus minus Sunday night. Maybe even another one later in that week. But well, that's Christmas week though. we're getting up up to it. So maybe Sunday night. We got, might we got be to
1: leave only. something in the listeners' stockings. Yep. Yep. Uh,
0: <laughs> maybe again, Christmas. we're 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 getting positive response. We're feeling good. You know, Barros likes to have that re- positive reinforcement. So, I know I'm a
1: very insecure person. Very yeah.
0: glad you're all all uh, uh, cl- chiming in, subscribe, push that subscribe button. We'll do whatever you wish to. Uh, thanks to Odyssey for this. Thanks to producers. Thanks to everybody. Uh, you will hear from us again Sunday night.